In the role of Chief of Staff, one of the attributes that leads to success is the ability to speak truth to power. Standing up for what's right, even when it isn't easy to do so. My guest today embodies this quality both through his role as Chief of Staff and the organisation that he serves, the Thomson Reuters Foundation. The TRF uniquely uses the combined power of journalism and the law to build global awareness of some of the most critical issues being faced by communities around the world. Mark Ristel, Chief of Staff to the CEO, joins me today to talk about media freedom and human rights, reflect on his experience establishing the role of Chief of Staff, and share some innovative approaches that he's taken to improve the culture of one of the world's most impactful foundations. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. I know a lot of people listening will have heard of Reuters as a news agency, but they might not know too much about the Thomson Reuters Foundation. What is the mission of the TRF? The Thomson Reuters Foundation is the corporate foundation of Thomson Reuters. We work to advance media freedom, uh, foster inclusive economies, and promote human rights. Everything that we do deploys media and legal interventions, ranging from journalism, capacity building, and media development, free legal assistance, and convening initiatives. And we seek to create free, fair, and informed societies. Excellent. It's an incredible mission. Turning to you then, where did your journey to becoming chief of staff, now to the chief executive, as I understand it, yes. yeah, how did that journey begin? It all started at Accent Cyber Security, a managed service security provider based in Barcelona. At the time, the company was going rapid transformation, and I think uh, the CEO at the time identified the need and also the resources that a chief of staff position could bring to the company and invited me in that journey with him, which was a fantastic experience and kickstarted my journey in, in this. And then straight into Thomson Reuters. Yes. Excellent. Well, that's it's a fascinating journey because I think we see the chief of staff role. People come from so many different areas and they come from so many different backgrounds. Um, but I want to talk a bit more about the TRF and your role within that, that amazing organization. So you highlighted as one of your three areas of focus for the foundation as media freedom. Could you provide some insights into why media freedom is important and, and sort of share some of the challenges that pose a threat to the profession? Absolutely. Media freedom is a crucial pillar of any free, fair, and informed society. We see that societies where journalists are able to do their job professionally and freely are more inclusive, are safer, uh, institutions are more accountable and transparent. Uh, however, as you said, the challenges facing the profession are growing, not only in size, but also in complexity. Uh, whether it's economic, social, political, uh, legal, or technological, uh, we're seeing disruptions to the business models, we're seeing uh, an increased government control, uh, we're seeing a uh, spread of mis- and disinformation. So the, the challenges are plenty. Uh, something that perhaps is worth pointing out is we're seeing increasingly hostile actors deploy technology and deploy uh, the law to silence, to discredit uh, journalists, uh, which ultimately uh, affects democracy and affects our societies. Uh, perhaps it's worth touching upon journalists are a profession that are facing legal threats. It's a profession that are facing physical abuse, online abuse, uh, risk of imprisonment, and even death. Um, journalism, 
uh, we one of the things that we do at Thomson Reuters Foundation is monitor how the law is being weaponized. And in a practice that we call lawfare, basically uh, hostile actors, whether it's governments or private actors, are deploying the law in very creative ways to silence journalists. Uh, whether before we would have seen the deployment of defamation lawsuits, uh, now this is changing. It's becoming more and more, more creative. We're seeing these actors deploy um, national security laws, financial crime laws, uh, in an effort to silence these journalists. And and what happens is, as a journalist, when you're facing dozens of legal challenges, whether they have any merit in court or not, you're going to be spending your time defending yourself. You're going to be spending your resources protecting yourself, which is very costly and brings risk bankruptcy. And you're risking imprisonment. Whether or not these challenges succeed in court, you're already not doing your job as a journalist. So these challenges are very, very effective. And at the Thomson Reuters Foundation, we are committed to protecting and promoting media freedom. And we continue to explore these threats and also develop new solutions to, to be able to face them. It's a, it's a really unique set of circumstances. And I'm always fascinated by people that are solving complex problems in really novel ways. And when we first met and we were talking about What's the what's the legal role? What's the what are the elements of like the technology abuse that you might be seeing from certain powers? It's it's amazing to hear the foundation approach some of those tasks with really unique ways that that actually get to a core of how you can protect a journalist practically. So, um, thank you for sharing that. Understanding now about the TRF, I want to move more to you and about your journey as well. So we've learned a little bit about what you were doing previously. How would you define your role within the TRF? I think it's something I think about it often, and I think a lot of chief of staffs in similar positions might, might also do. I would define uh, the chief of staff's main objective as someone that seeks to maximize the performance of the principal. In my case, my principal, as you said, is the chief executive officer. And I think we do that by making time, resources, decision-making, and information as effective as possible. I think it's important that we contextualize that a chief of staff role varies significantly from organization to organization. And it is our duty to figure out what those gaps and those needs in the organization are and meet them where they are. At the same time, the, the organizations evolve and we must evolve. The, our role must evolve with the organization. So I think that constant iteration of what is needed, how can I help? And I think, I think that's the beauty also of this role. Um, I think how I would define the role within TRF, I am very privileged to be able to support the CEO across various aspects of the organization. My primary focus uh, involves fostering effective communication by doing stakeholder management, uh, facilitating decision-making, uh, coordinating special projects, assisting in the implementation of strategy on a tactical level, and then managing the office of, of the CEO. Ultimately, I, I would say my objective is to support the CEO and their vision in any way that is needed to contribute to the overall success of the organization. It's a brilliant definition. And it covers, I think, what a lot of people will experience, whether it be nonprofit, whether it be private, whether it be startup all the way through to your, your really large multinationals. Interestingly, you were the first chief of staff at the TRF. What advice would you give to new chiefs of staff who may be stepping in and establishing that role within an organization for the first time? 100%. And I think it's a very different experience. And I think there's a certain things that I've learned and I would encourage others to look, to look into. The first one is clearly to find the role. And this goes well beyond the job description. It, it's an exercise of mapping the needs of the organization and the principle. And I think once that is done, how, how can you contribute? How can you meet those needs? The communication piece is crucial. I, th I think it's important for us to recognize that a lot of 
people, a lot of colleagues in an organization might have never worked with the chief of staff before. So being able to clearly elucidate what the role is, what the remit of the role is, and how they can best leverage the position to achieve the organizational goals is very important. Within this, I would, I would say stop and think how you can leverage your principal's position to achieve that communication. Uh, your principal is probably one of the most trusted uh, sources in the organization. So I say leverage that. It's going to be very effective. I, th I would also say a key message that's helped me a lot is positioning the role as an enabler. Ultimately, as chief of staffs, we seek to be catalysts of productivity. We do not want to be perceived as extra bureaucracy, as uh, barriers, because we wouldn't be doing our job right. But I think being able to clearly articulate that is something that it's, it's helped me a lot in that communication message. Perhaps on a more practical level, I would say go on a listening tour. Identify the key stakeholders in your organization that will be crucial for you to be able to implement those, those activities, those initiatives. Um, take them out for a coffee, for a lunch, on a one-on-one. Use this as another opportunity to explain the role, but also listen to them, who they are, what do they do, uh, what are their objectives, what are their pain points, and what company dynamics they can show you. Uh, and I think this is one of the most valuable ways to start mapping out how the organization works and how you can, how you can help on that. I perhaps would also say, um, within this first month, uh, seek feedback, be humble, and be honest about the fact that you might not know a lot of things and how things work. And I think being very transparent about this is a great way to learn and seamlessly integrate yourself in the organization, but at the same time, showcase this culture of transparency and, and collaboration, which I think is very appreciated by, by colleagues. And perhaps I would finish by saying, build those relationships. And I think we touched about it before, but Achievable staff, one of its most powerful assets are those connections, both internally and externally. And I think prioritize that during your first month is, is going to be a great way to help you establish the role within a, an organization. I think that theme of humility has been running through a lot of these interviews that we've been doing here at the Chief of Staff Association. It's interesting to hear you say it from that perspective because it's it's almost this dual effect because you've got to be humble when you start. You've got to understand that you don't know the role that you're building it. And then even when you're massively successful in the role, there's humility there as well, because it's not about you, it's about your principal. It's about bringing your chief executive into the forefront. It's about helping support their initiative. And it's not necessarily about being in the limelight. So I think it's interesting to hear humility run as a theme, both in the early months and as you sort of mature into a really high performing chief of staff as well. Within such a large organization, and you've got people that you support all around the world, you are functioning as a pair of eyes and ears for your CEO you manage this flow of information, you help sort of see what's happening within the wider ecosystem that surrounds the, the top team within that organization. What strategies do you adopt to ensure that your CEO is kept informed? I think information management is one of my favorite things to do within the role. Um, my strategies or the advice that I would give is, first of all, build infrastructure, right? Establish clear communication channels with your principal. The chief of staff will be the most effective and have immediate responses time with their principal, or at least that, that has been my experience. So figure out a way, whether it's recurring meetings, what technology platforms, how are you going to be able to get those quick responses time with your principal? And prioritizing that is something that I found very useful. I would also say, when looking at information, there's this idea of filtering. There's a lot of information being produced internally within the organization and externally. Being able to identify the needs of your principal and the needs of the organization and 
prioritize that information and be able to discern from the noise and give them what they need when they need it, nothing more or nothing less, is something that I found the rule being very powerful at, at helping the principal in, the, in this case. Similarly, the idea of gathering and curating and summarizing information. There's, you can, as a chief of staff, a lot of times predict what information will be needed. And if you can ensure your principal is prepared, uh, that, that will 100% he- help, you, help you and help them. I would say in this effort, identify who owns information, uh, gather that information, synthesize that information, and do it in a way that, once again, gives them exactly what they need, nothing more, nothing less. And also explore ways in which you can convey that information to your principal in a quick and effective manner and accurate without having to send them a 20-page report. So I think this is something that is very personal in the relationship between the principal and, and the chief of staff in figuring out which ways work better for, for all. And I think what I would touch upon here, again, is this idea of relationships. There's a lot of in human intelligence that can be tapped upon to understand the temperature of the organization, uh, the state of projects. And I think being able to develop those one-on-one relationships with people both internally and externally and being able to provide a very honest, uh, unadulterated uh, phase of reality to your principal is, is something that, from an information perspective, is also very, very valuable. Lastly, uh, I would say leverage technology. Uh, as a chief of staff, a lot of times you're looking for updates, looking for, uh, you're chasing for information. If you can d- leverage technology, whether it's a project management system or a collaboration information sharing tool, and make the experience for your team as smoothly as possible, you'll figure out that you can get much better information much quicker in a much more painless experience. So I would say technology definitely here is, is something that I that I keep exploring and, and that's been very, very useful. I think you've touched on there one of the key things that I also wanted to ask you about. So thank you for sharing your perspective on sort of the heartbeat of the organization and that responsibility for talking to people and having an understanding of the culture and, and being that constant temperature probe trying to work out how the organization is feeling i know it you know it i'm sure a lot of people who are in the chief of staff role or aspiring towards that chief of staff role will know it there is a huge responsibility for understanding the culture of your organization from discussions we've had before and in fact the first discussion we ever really had in person we were talking about culture and you just started talking about instigating exit interviews and i immediately thought oh this is an HR process that he's been part of, and that's fine. And you said, no, no, actually, you started, on behalf of the office of the CEO, exit interviews for people leaving the organization so that they had an opportunity to feed into that top team. I thought it was absolutely fascinating. Could you just explain to people how you've implemented this exit interview, what the sort of structure is, and also what benefit is brought to you and, in particular, to your principal and the organization as a whole? Absolutely. Uh, When I first started in the role, one of the areas that we identified that we wanted to focus on was being able to assess the culture of the organization and nurture it. We saw that there was immense potential in the intelligence, in the feedback that the parting colleagues would be able to give us. And uh, we designed these exit interviews, uh, CEO exit interviews, which would be run by the chief of staff. And we did that very purposely. Uh, We see that the chief of staff within the organization is a very neutral agent. It doesn't doesn't belong to any other team. Um, It's a person that is, so there's this element of impartiality. Uh, The chief of staff is also someone that has a lot of knowledge of all the activities that are happening within the organization. So is able to contextualize that feedback in a very precise way. 
And at the same time, departing colleagues know that that information, that feedback that they're giving is going to be analyzed and is going to be acted upon in a way to improve the organization at the highest level uh, within the organization. For us, it's been an incredible experience. We've been able to identify a lot of systemic issues, a lot of pain points that perhaps we would have not seen, team dynamics, or even recognize strengths that perhaps we were not aware of. Uh, it's It's been incredible in helping us deploy targeted initiatives that aim at improving the employee experience or also the overall company performance. And, and perhaps before finishing, one of the things that, that's, that really stuck with me was how grateful departing employees were to be given the space to contribute to the success of the organization, even in their exiting journey. So I would, for us, it's been an incredible experience and, and I look forward to continuing on it. Thank you. I think there's a lot of people listening that are going to benefit from, and there's no doubt a few I can imagine that had, like I did, a bit of a light bulb moment of going, that's actually a brilliant idea. And there are many organizations that should be thinking about this and separating the voice that you might hear through your standard HR processes and going, actually, no, the, the top team really want to listen to what you're thinking of as, a, as an exiting chief of staff. Being a bit more reflective then on, on your position, the chief of staff role has clearly exposed you to really adding strings to your bow in a number of ways, whether it's the culture piece, whether it's understanding the strategy, whether it's that information management point. It's given you a load of skills. In terms of your future then, thinking about the chief of staff role now, and also stepping into future roles, where do you see your future going? Do you see yourself staying in a chief of staff space or do you see it equipping you for a different avenue in, in your future career? I think chief of staff gives you an incredible opportunity to really learn from the top management. Uh, you're exposed to a vast array of initiatives uh, and departments within an organization. And whether it's strategy, whether it's operations, whether it's business development, you're able to connect the dots. And I think... For me, that has been an incredible experience. If I look at what career progression could look like, I would definitely want to continue doing chief of staff roles. It's something I really enjoy, the pace, the excitement, the many things happening at once. It's something that I feel very comfortable in and truly enjoy. Um, long term, I think entrepreneurship or management uh, would be things that this role would upskill me for, but also I think would would really enjoy. Thank you for being so open. I appreciate everyone giving some reflection on their career journey. It's important that we talk about the chief of staff role for those stepping into it, for those trying to perform at the highest level, and then also those thinking what might be next, because it does give you such a, a range of opportunities going forward. So thank you. Um, thinking more about then the future for the TRF, what does the future look like for the organization? Perhaps I would want to point out to one of our initiatives we're working at at the moment, we're working full steam towards our Trust Conference. Trust Conference is our annual flagship event taking place here in London uh, on October 19th and 20th. And it's an event dedicated to strengthening free, fair and informed societies. And I think what it makes this event very magical is that we bring together all our wide range of stakeholders, whether it's journalists, civil society, governments, international organizations. And you create this incredible community of people analyzing on the first day the global threats to media freedom, and on the second day, looking at issues such as sustainable business practices or climate change. Both days are going to be massively interlinked by the impact that technology, and this year in particular, artificial intelligence, is going to have on society, on people, on the environment. So I would invite anyone that is maybe interested uh, in going to our website, trustconference.com, and applying for a free ticket. Excellent. I always love a shout out and I'm looking forward to joining as well. I think it's going to be a fascinating event. My next question then that I love asking everybody on this podcast, if you could be chief of staff to anyone, 
who would you be a chief of staff to and why? And I want to thank you for this one. I, I saw the question beforehand and I kept thinking, what, what, who would it be? And I think I've landed on Leonardo da Vinci. I think he was a genius. He was ahead of his time. But I think within the chief of staff role, uh, he wore many hats. He was very innovative at a time in which he really pushed boundaries. And, and I think it would have been incredible just to see his work, but it also enable him and help him uh, achieve his goals. So I would say Leonardo da Vinci would be my answer. I love that answer. I think that's great. I think it's also one of those, we always talk about the chief of staff role as being a bit of a polymath. You have yeah. to be able to do a little bit of everything. So it feels fun to be a chief of staff to someone who is a polymath themselves. Thank you so much for joining us, Mark, today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. The insights that you've given into the chief of staff role, both through your own experience, but talking about starting in the role, progressing in the role, launching initiatives, and then reflecting on what the future looks like, I'm sure will be incredibly helpful to people, whatever stage they are in that journey to becoming a chief of staff. But it's also been inspiring to hear about the work of TRF and what your organization is doing. There's a lot of us in particularly in the UK, I know because I say it, but I know there'll be countries all over the world where we take real advantage of having the media freedoms that we get here. We might make complaints, but it's not quite to the same degree that you see where the, the law might be weaponized, where technology is used to really disrupt and degrade the profession of journalism, which is important in any liberal democracy. So thank you so much for all the work that you do to support that organization and the initiatives that you drive forward. Um, if people want to learn more about the Thomas and Royces Foundation, I'll put a link to your website in the description to the podcast so they can check out some of the work that you do. But thank you once again for joining us here. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. This podcast was brought to you by the Chief of Staff Association, the global professional body for Chiefs of Staff in corporations, not-for-profits, government and the military. Applications to join our latest cohort of members are now open. Membership provides you access to our world-leading Chief of Staff core competency program, career-defining mentorship, and the opportunity to join our executive education programs at the University of Oxford and Harvard Business School. To learn more, go to www.csa.org. This podcast was hosted by Ewan Godbold with music composed by Ed Cooper.